This episode of the Holly Fueled Nutrition Podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. To get 10% off your first month of therapy, visit the link in the show notes, which is betterhelp.com slash hollyfueled. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P.com slash H-O-L-L-E-Y-F-U-E-L-E-D. Hello, and welcome to the Holly Fueled Nutrition Podcast. I am your host, Holly Samuel, and I'm a registered dietitian, certified personal trainer. I'm also a master of health education and eating disorders, and of course, your podcast host today. Like I said, I am really, really excited to welcome today's guest to this episode. Um, Just a little bit of background. I first met our guest. Her name is Kim Schwabenbauer. She is a registered dietitian. She is now a doctor, so I should be calling her Dr. Kim Schwabenbauer. That is one of her new titles. She has her PhD, Um, and she is a sports dietitian, and she was a pro triathlete, and she is a professor at Penn West University. She is a mom. She has her private practice where she works with endurance athletes, and she is also the sports dietitian for the NFL Steelers team. Um super pumped to talk to Kim for so many reasons. One, she is a rock star. I mean, those are a lot of titles. I'm not sure how she does all of that. Um, actually, after talking to her, she has a lot of energy. So she she gets the job done and is passionate about all of these things. That is how she does that. Um, and I first met Kim when I was a dietetic intern. I went to a conference that she spoke at. And she honestly was one of the first people that I'd ever seen doing what I wanted to do (laughs) as a dietitian. I did not really know that you could do sports dietetics. I didn't know you could have a private practice that was mostly online. I didn't really know that, you know, you could do speaking events, that you could be a mom, that you could, um, you know, travel and, and have really big athletic goals too. Um, I remember watching her speak and just being in awe and having some light bulbs go off. I was like, that's what I want to do. I want to be her when I grow up. Like, how do I do that? And she kind of really helped, um, just her existence helped me get the gears turning for what I wanted to do once I got my dietitian certification and license. So thank you, Kim, for that. This was a full circle moment. We definitely fangirled over each other, uh, which is wild in this episode. Um, but you guys are going to learn a lot today. I know this is a little different than what we typically talk about. We're talking about you know nutrition for NFL football players in this episode and what being a sports dietitian for um, a major league like sports team is like. Um, I am not like a huge sports savvy person. I really like my little corner of endurance athletics. Um, So pardon me if I get any of the verbiage wrong, (laughs) but uh, my family are really big uh, football fans, my my in-laws and my husband's side of the family. So they're really excited, I think, for this episode um, because they're big Steelers fans. (laughs) So it will be a little different than what we typically talk about. Um, so we are getting football nutrition information from an endurance athlete who is a sports dietitian. So keep in mind that some of the things we talk about for you know the players in this episode, it applies to football players. That is a very different sport than marathon, half marathon, or triathlon. Um, so keep that in mind that some of the things we talk about may not necessarily apply to you if you're an endurance athlete, but I still hope that you think this conversation is as cool as I do. 
um, and that you have, you know, just some stuff that you can learn from Kim because she is certainly a wealth of knowledge. So without further ado, let's welcome Kim to the podcast. Dr. Kim, Dr. Kim to the podcast. Got to get used to that new title. Hi, Kim, and welcome to the Hollyfield Nutrition Podcast. I am really excited to have you on the show today. How are you doing? I am great. Thank you so much for having me. I consider this a very high honor. I love your Instagram. I follow all your stuff, listen to all the little, you know, when you do videos and everything like that. So it's wonderful to meet you. You're making such a name for yourself out there. It's really cool to see. Oh my God, I'm melting. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, well, I'm excited to have you on the show. Um, I mean, honestly, the first time I interacted with you, I went to the New Hampshire Dietetics Conference. I don't know when you spoke at it. I don't know what I was that 2016, 2017, like years ago. Somewhere in there, yeah. Yeah, I was either still in diet, I was either still in my internship or I was like a baby dietitian who got to go uh, to that conference. But you talked about sports nutrition and endurance athletes. And I was like, this person is doing what I want to do. I didn't know I could do that. Like I'm working in a totally different field or I was in my internship, you know, wondering Mm -hmm. if being a dietitian was something I actually wanted to do. (laughs) Um, And yeah, I was like, wow, this like, I want to be her when I grow up. So um, it's really cool to come full circle and get you on the show today. (laughs) That is such a great story. And you know what I love about things like that? It's the people you meet. That is it. And it's it's such a small world now too with, you know, Zoom and with all the ways we can connect and social media and all those things. And, you know, there can be some really positive things that have happened out of all of that. And I love that we were able to stay connected and you were kind of like following me and I was following what you were doing and, and keeping in touch. And I think that's just the beauty of how this kind of thing works for synergies to build each other up and, you know, yeah, help other people. Because I know, I know you feel like this now, like it's, it's, you know, starting to give back to the profession and the other people that make this worthwhile, all of it. So. Yeah. And like, I feel like some dietitians are like really into sports nutrition and then others just like totally don't understand or totally don't care or get it. Cause I remember, I think I was in my internship with a bunch of clinical dietitians and they're like, what was your favorite part? And I was like, Oh, definitely like Kim's sports nutrition presentation. That was amazing. They're like, she seems intense. Ironmans are long. And I was like, no, this is exactly what I want to talk about all day. So <laughs> um, I really appreciate it. Right. I appreciate the New Hampshire Dietetics Association for having you there. <laughs> that was awesome. Then that was actually, I think it was through the um, the beef checkoff and it was, yes. through, you know, things like that. So it's, it's cool when I get to hook up with, you know, uh, an organization that is spreading a good message and they're like, you know what? this is a good fit. Like, let's make this, you know, come together. So they had me all over doing speaking. There was a ton of speaking going on right then sort of took a nosedive when of course we were all in the house and nobody was going anywhere. And now it's picking up again. And I'm I'm really pumped to be doing more of that again. And I'm sure you, you are doing a lot of this as well. Like where you just go out and talk to other dietitians and other groups and yeah, sports nutrition is totally my, my jam. And I know it is for you too. It's just such a fun, exciting field that you get to do what you really love and are passionate about and help, help people. So it's, it's good stuff. Yeah. Well, okay. So like, let's give people some background. So like, who, who are you, where are you from and what do you do? Um, great. Yes. Uh, okay. So, uh, Kim Schwabenbauer and I'm a doctor now, so that's very cool. It's been a long time process. Um, And so I am from Clarion, Pennsylvania, about two hours outside of Pittsburgh. I am now living in in my hometown. I sort of took a a detour and was out of my hometown for a little bit when I um, went to do my undergrad at Penn State University. I ran cross country and track there. I walked onto the team there as a sophomore 
and ended up just really enjoying sports. So thankful to be on a D1 running program. It was um, from a very small town, so this is kind of unheard of. And ended up um, really having a great career while I was there. Discovered my love of nutrition while I was at Penn State. Worked with their sports uh, RD. They had one of the very first ever um, collegiate uh, sports dietitians, um, Dr. Christine Clark. So I worked with her. Uh, and then I, I said to her, you know, and at the end, I, I want to be you, but I don't want to keep going to school. Like I can't get a, I can't keep going. I'm so done with this whole school thing. And she said, oh, well, just get a job for a little bit. You'll be fine. I'll make some calls. So she made some calls for me. I ended up working as a corporate RD for um, Franco Harris, which is a former Pittsburgh Steelers back in the like 70s era. And he had a company worked for him for a while and then went out on my own, started my own business, um, Fuel Your Passion. And it's endurance coaching and nutrition counseling. And so I ended up doing that on the side and eventually making it my full-time gig when I became a professional triathlete. So I, I started doing triathlons and just fell in love with the sport and ended up, you know, becoming um, a pro and traveling all over the world and having my coaching business for now it's been 12 years. And um, then it's transitioned to when I got pregnant because I was like, it's hard to be a pro triathlete and race 140 miles at the Ironman distance while I am uh, pregnant. They don't really advise that. So I ended up uh, doing some teaching and here's an adjunct at uh, now Penn West University. It's the old Clarion University and we sort of merged. And so um, then I started teaching and I became a uh, full-time tenure track professor here in 2017. And so I've been here ever since, um, and it's just been a fabulous journey. So um, ended up going back and getting my master's because I had to teach, went back again and got a doctorate because I was teaching. And it's just funny that I said, like, this is what I, I'm not going to do. And then I did all of that. All, all of, of it. <laughs> all of all of the school. I was like, just, I guess I'll do all the school if you say I have to. But it ended up being a really cool experience. And I was, I was so thankful that I did it when in the end. So so yeah, still coaching and, and speaking. And now I'm doing, um, I'm actually the uh, dietitian for the Pittsburgh Steelers that came up last year as sort of a, a whim kind of thing. And so I'm also doing that. So I have a lot of jobs. People are always like, how many jobs do you have? I'm like, I don't know. It's a lot. So, but I, I, I like wrote them. them, I wrote them down because I was like, what can we talk about? We could talk about professional triathlete. We could talk about like nutrition and endurance coach. We could talk about mom. We could talk oh. about, you know, <laughs> professor we could talk about Steelers dietitian um yeah you do you do it all and uh, I always think it's funny when you go back to school as like an adult it's a lot more fun and interesting than when you just have to like keep going I feel like as a kid <laughs> it's so true you're absolutely right and and you do a lot of courses and things for adults that want to come back and learn things and other sports dietitians and regular dietitians want to learn things and I think that's fabulous it's so different adult I actually had a whole class on um, adult learning and how different it is because you have to feel invested in, will I be able to use this? I'm not going to use trigonometry anymore. I'm just not, or whatever, you know what I mean? Like, so it, ha it when it's really applicable to what it is you want to do, you're all in. And I, that's how I felt about, yeah, my master's and my doctorate. I was like, this is so cool. I can craft my own education. And that's kind of how it turned out. What do I want to study? What do I want to do a dissertation on? That was so much more interesting to me. So it became um, now a line of research for me. And it's something I'm, I'm doing two of the speaking engagements that are coming up on my dissertation topics. So that feels like it's gone full circle. Like it wasn't all, all those hours of sitting in a chair, typing away, um, you know, all that kind of stuff and doing the research is not lost. It's, it's going to be used and shared. <laughs> 
Oh, that's great. I'm excited yeah. for you for that. Thank that's you. like, yeah, full, full circle moment. Um, well, yeah, I mean, I'm so excited to talk to you because of the nutrition stuff and everything you embody that I strive to be as well. And then my, my family who are massive, massive Penn state and Pittsburgh Steelers fans were like, who are you talking to? What? Um, so they're very excited to you as uh, Pittsburgh natives and Steelers fans. So can you kind of like bring us through, you know, a day in the life of like being the Pittsburgh Steelers dietitian? Because I imagine it kind of looks different depending on the day. <laughs> it definitely does. Um, I appreciate you asking that. I'm, I'm excited that they are into it. Uh, and what's <laughs> funny, I mean, I followed football, but it wasn't like I was like a huge football fan. I was not, not sitting there like every Sunday, which I mean, people get their spot, they get their drink, they get their, you know, snacks. They're like, this is it for the next six hours. This is what I'm doing. I was, I'm usually like, oh, football's on today. Okay, that's cool. Let me know how it works out, you know, at the end. Um, yeah. But I go and go, it's a very different population than what I was used to. Endurance athletes are basically type A, um, high strung. We have, you know, we're always like, I got to do everything perfectly. Uh, football players, not even close, not even close. <laughs> in that same, you know, mindset. They're, they're obviously amazing at what they do. They have um, such a presence about them. They're fantastic, skilled uh, just fantastic athletes, but it's, it's a very different mindset. And nutrition is one of those things where they're like, I know it's important, but tell me exactly why. So, um, so yeah, a day in the life. Well, yesterday I was actually at the facility. It's, it's spring. So it's time for, um, taking our new draft picks and getting them to know uh, the program, seeing a little bit about what they can do. My role yesterday, um, being at the facility, involved uh, bod pod testing, which I haven't actually, this is my first time at it again since college. I did a lot of it in college. So I had to re-up on the bod pod a little bit. And um, so just speaking with them a little bit about where they are currently with their, their body fat analysis and body composition uh, and weight and saying, you know, what do we want to do from here? Working with our strength and conditioning staff to discuss what their goals are, what the training program will look like for these guys as they start to prepare for training camp, which starts right around the end of July. Um, so talking with them, seeing what's going to happen, you know, with some of these key kind of key guys that we need definitely to have in a, a certain body composition, maybe they're a little high, some of them are a little low. It's, it's, it's really the gamut is what I'm finding with, um, a whole team, you know, very different needs based on position, based on individual body, you know, genetics, um, and what they, what their lifestyles are like, who's doing the cooking, do they know how to cook or do they have the ability to get groceries? Um, you know, we're feeding them at the facility. We have a great facility on the south side um, and we have fabulous chefs. Um, Chef Kevin and his staff are awesome. So I work with them too, to help work on the menu, uh, decide, you know, oh, hey, let's do this this week or hey, maybe we can add an extra vegetable here. Um, maybe we can sneak some vegetables in to get some more in the lasagna. What else can we do to help improve the overall nutrition of the team as they're making their choices? But they also just have a real handle on, oh, you know, what types of, of food we want to have and, and really lean, amazing proteins and, and all the color for antioxidants. And we have a smoothie station. So I get to work with, with that person as well. So um, so yeah, it really varies. It really varies based on the time of year. Camp will be all about hydration, um, making sure these guys don't have heat cramps. They're wearing a lot of clothing, pads, all the stuff and being out there for that much. It's a really exhausting time for them. So uh, just making sure that they're all in a good place as they prepare. And then uh, through camp as we go through the middle of the summer is, is pretty grueling for them. And it's, it's definitely important for me as the sports dietitian too. So, and it even varies a little bit oh, cool. based on the season too. Like when you're in season, it's 
different stuff, you know, for, for what you're working on. So um, I'm learning a lot. Let's say that. I bet. Like I was super interested about that too. Like even, you know, when you're talking to like different Ironman triathletes or different mm -hmm. marathoners, you're still talking to someone who's running a marathon. But like when you're talking to a football team, they all have different roles and different positions. Mm -hmm. And some of them are running a lot. Some of them are not doing much running. So like even things that you think about and try to help them with, um, like right now, kind of as they're just yeah. kind of getting into preseason and training camps and everything. Um, like, what do you find some of the biggest challenges are with like football players? And you can even talk about like different positions too, that you found. Wow. Um, some of the challenges, some of the challenges, I think the, um, the understanding of where nutrition fits in all of this is, is difficult. Some just like you would, you would expect some People have been on it. They understand it. They've been doing it. You know, we have a couple of players that, you know, I, I know what they're eating because they, they've done, they do it exactly the same way every time. Um, they know what works. They're very creatures of habit, which I'm pretty big on habit. Like habit is amazing. And especially when it's good stuff. So if you're, you've got the right habits in place, you know, you can keep rolling with those. So finding that for each, you know, each player, what are those habits that we can put in place for you or and help you get in place, empower you, teach you, because, you know, I can give you fish, but I got to teach you to fish. Like I got to, you know, I can give you fruit, but I got to help you figure out how you're going to get it in at home or um, how you're going to get a vegetable prepared at home. So I think understanding um, where someone is individually, where they, what, how they feel about nutrition, how they, what they see its role as, um, and not just as give me a supplement, you know, that, that is a hard, um, you know, mental mindset to break is sometimes, you know, well, I don't want to worry about eating. Tell me what to take. No, I'm not going to tell you what to take. Instead, we're going to work on the eating first. And then if the, what, what it is we're trying to do can't be accomplished or, or it would be, could be augmented, could be, you know, improved, could be, um, if it makes sense within the context of uh, your diet and what we have going on, then we'll look at, you know, supplementation and the policy of the NFL is not to provide supplements from the football club is what we're known as. So the, you know, we're considered a football club in the sports dietitian and, and sports medicine team is not to provide supplements directly to the to the actual players. And so um, I'm able to work with them to pick something on their own that makes sense. But, uh, you know, sometimes they just say, well, can't you just get me? And I say, no, I'm not going to just get you blah, blah, blah. I'm going to work within the, the confines of the system and make make this, you know, that's just where the policy is right now. And, um, you know, there's there's been a, there's challenges to that, too, because sometimes I think, hey, we if we were providing them at the very least, at least they'd be safe. Um, yeah. when they're looking on the internet at Amazon, it's scary for me to think about what they might be finding, but I just think education is the key piece, whether you're talking, you know, to any position, any player, finding out where they are, meeting them at that place. So key. I'm not going to start talking about something really complex if we just need to figure out what a carb is. So, you know, starting there and then saying, Hey, what parts can we put into place that make the most sense for you at this time? You know, and, and those are, I think the, the biggest challenges get and getting that buy-in, you know, that actually works, that it will work. Yeah. Trust me, it'll work. I believe me, it will work. Um, they hired me for a reason. <laughs> yes, exactly. It will work. Uh, yeah. So it, it is hard. I'm a consultant, so I'm not there every day. 
Um, of the 32 teams, four teams still have consultant dietitians, and I'm one of the Steelers, and I'm one, we're one of those four. So, um, so it's it's nice in a way. I don't have to, in some ways, like travel every single weekend during the season. That's a big deal. That's a huge commitment. The other sports RDs on those full, the full time positions are doing all of that, and they're doing an amazing job. Um, I'm I'm navigating this with trying to be there as much as I can still with my full time job and and keeping everything you know meeting their needs at the same time. In terms of the buy-in, like of nutrition aspect, I'm super curious about that. There was a report that came out. I can't remember. Again, I'm not, my family's really into football. I'm, I'm, I get my football knowledge through osmosis from them. Um, but there was a report that came out that basically like rated like each department of football teams and nutrition was one of them. And the ones that tended to have a dietitian, it seemed like they got rated much higher, including the Steelers. Um, and I'm curious, like how many teams, like how common is it for a team to have a dietitian? Are there quite a few still who don't? And like the, the role you play as a consultant versus like a full-time role, like, I guess how, um, like how high touch is it for the dietitian, how they get to support the team? They can said they're going to continue doing it. Um, you know, some good questions were asked after that from, we have a, a group now that is a uh, subset of CPSDA. So uh, dietitians, we love an acronyms. We're all in for an acronyms. We, we just thrive. On so that is the CPSDA is, is a group that stands for a collegiate and professional sports uh, dietitians associations. So I'm part of that. And then we even broke off and we now have a smaller group, um, the Professional Football Registered Dietitians Society. So whatever that, you know, says short, shorthand, <laughs> like PFRDS, whatever it is. So we have that smaller group and that smaller group asked a lot of good questions. Like, you know, how, how did you, you know, determine this information and, and why were these particular questions asked? And um, about the way they were asked. So this was an internal sort of organization that surveyed just the players and the players, there was a large percentage of them that they ended up getting. I don't know what it was, but it was quite a few out of the total. Um, it was way over 50% of the more than the, the players were that actually filled it out. So it was a, the, really the first chance that they've had to speak out and say, you know, this is how I feel about my facility. This is how I feel about the equipment there. This is how I feel about some of the staff. And, and they should have a voice and that some changes were made. I mean, directly after those things happened, there were hirings, there were firings, there were, you know, they, they took it really seriously and, and rightfully so. Um, I think it's going to be continue to be refined as terms, in terms of the questions and what makes sense about the way we're asking them, because what if it is a food service company like we have that comes in and provides the food to us? Should that be considered the same way as someone who has in-house food and is being rated on that? You know, there's there's just a lot of um, moving parts to all of this, and not every club functions the same way. So they're tr- we're trying to all get graded on the same scale when some organizations have a ton of of, of cash and then and funds, and they're really able to do a lot more, and others are not. You know, don't have the same exact. You know, so they have other limitations. So. Um, but yeah, it was an interesting one. And uh, I, I did see that it seemed like, you know, if the there was a full-time person on staff, they those players knew it. They knew it, they felt it. And I think it's, it's more um, juice for getting this eventually to be the case across the board. I do think, um, you know, we will see that. I think that it depends on the organization and them seeing the value and seeing the necessity. And so um, my goal is to do the best I can 
with, you know, with the Steelers in the capacity in which I have the ability to do right now, that may not mean the two and being two and a half hours away or two hours away that I can be there every day. Um, but when I'm there, I'm trying to do the very best, you know, job that I can. And we'll just kind of see how, how things transpire. Um, but for right now, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. And you can do a lot now, now that we have zoom, now that we have, you know, players have my cell phone. Nice. Awesome and also scary. <laughs> you know, they they text me, they call me, they take pictures of their food and send it to me. You know, so there's there's can be constant communication and um, you know, but I, I like it that I just try to be as personal as personable as possible and really have a real relationship that I'm approachable. I'm not gonna make them do something they don't want to do. I want them to feel comfortable with their choices and that I'm gonna help them along the way with wherever they are. It's not a, a judging situation. It's a what can right. we help you do better? Yeah. And just just like dietitians are taught to do. And you learn a lot of it hands-on, on the job, on the job training. I am so excited to welcome BetterHelp as a new sponsor for this podcast. Thank you, BetterHelp, for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. BetterHelp is the world's largest therapy service, and it's 100% online. With BetterHelp, you can tap into a network of over 30,000 licensed and experienced therapists who can help you with a wide range of issues. To get started, all you have to do is just answer a few questions about your needs and preferences in therapy. That way, BetterHelp can match you with the right therapist from their network. Then you can talk to your therapist however you feel comfortable, whether it's a chat, text, phone, or even a video call. You can message your therapist at any time and schedule live sessions whenever it's convenient for you. If your therapist isn't the right fit for some reason, you can switch to a new therapist at no additional charge. With BetterHelp, you can get the same professionalism and quality you expect from in-office therapy, but with a therapist who is custom-picked for you, <laughs> more scheduling flexibility, and at a more affordable price, and you can do it pretty quickly. To get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash hollyfueled, visit the link in the show notes. And again, that is betterhelp, better com slash H-O-L-L-E-Y-F-U-E-L-E-D. I've used BetterHelp myself. A bunch of my clients have also used it and other people that I know from my personal life. And it is such a helpful resource. So if you have ever thought about wanting to get started with therapy, the best thing you can do is to just take the plunge, get started, book the appointment and start getting some help today. Now let's get back to the episode. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure some of them, when you show up are like, Oh no, but most of them are probably like, yes. Cause you've made a good presence. Um, and you're like, I'm not here to be the food police. <laughs> I'm here to help you get through your practice. <laughs> That's correct. That is correct. Exactly. And I, I, I look forward to, you know, yeah, seeing, I like trying to see what else I can do and being innovative. I'm trying to come up with some new ideas for training camp, you know, right now, like um, electrolyte popsicles, I thought was a good one. I picked that up somewhere and I thought, Ooh, we should be doing That's that. Fun. We, can, we can make electrolyte pop popsicles, like make nutrition fun. I know it might sound crazy, but some of this is like, um, you know, I kind of think like what, I don't want to say kids, cause I'm not comparing them to kids, but you want it's to like a school though. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And they are coming out of college. Like they're coming out of college. A lot of them did have access to a sports dietitian in college. More and more universities and, and um, collegiate settings are having a sports dietitian. So they're used to it. Uh, so they do see the value in it. And I want to make it fun, interesting, and get them um, nutrition wise what they actually need. What can we find that will help them uh, to want to do it? To say, yeah, I, I, I know I need that sports drink because it has sodium and it has all the things that Kim taught me. I got to make sure that I include that. 
um, I, I should start out with it right from the very beginning of this, you know, three hour practice and make sure that I'm meeting my hydration needs. And I want to wear a sweat patch and, and test that with her. And, you know, yeah, there's some really innovative stuff we can do. It's just a matter of, you know, them feeling like, yep, I want to do that. And, and also the coaching and, and leadership staff saying she's important. We got to keep her in this, in this discussion. That's super important. And like, one thing I'm curious about too, in terms of like, just your Steelers, like caseload, like how, how many players are you responsible for? Like how many are you working with? Right now um, it's up to about 93. Yeah. That's crazy. Um, like that's yeah. so crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot. And that's because, you know, we're still in that flux stage of who's going to be on this team. And, and it's, it's an amazing thing when you start getting down to those final weeks, right before the actual team is decided I mean, it's a very big deal to get down and realize that it's just cutting, cutting, cutting until we have, um, you know, approximately 50 on our team. And then we have about 14 on a practice squad. Um, so, you know, it's it gets down to that final like time where you're almost at the full team. And then, you know, you finally have uh, your guys and and you're, you know, at the very least, hopefully until there, unless there's some kind of um, exchange, you know, towards midseason or whatever, where they're doing some trading or whatever, then then you have your guys, you know, you're going to be with. And I love the continuity. Like <clears throat> when you know, you have a guy, guy who's been there for two, a year or two already, and they have one more year, of your contract, and you already have the relationship. It was way different coming in yesterday and seeing the ones that already knew me. And we're like, hey, good to see you. I'm happy you're here. Well, I have some stuff I want to talk to you about. I can't wait to discuss this. Um, you know, that's really neat versus, you know, when, yeah, you're like, oh, hi, I'm meeting you for the first time. You don't know how long somebody's going to be around. You don't know exactly those things. There's a lot of um, variables there. So, and then that's because it's a business. It's a very serious business. So uh, totally change on a dime. Like they can change very quickly and, and you have to be um, adaptable and, and say, I'm going to do my very best while you're here. Um, and we'll see what we can do. Yeah. And for people listening who aren't dietitians, like 93 clients is insane. <laughs> um, and this is not her only job. So like NFL, get another sports dietitian, get a team. Cause like higher touch <laughs> would be so helpful. It would be great. Some, some teams do have two or three um, dietitians and, and they work <laughs> together to, to get it all done. And there is a lot to do. And, and so um, it, it's exciting and it's, it's fun to be on these beginning stages. And I'm thankful that I'm getting the opportunity uh, that I am because I think it's really, yeah. so it was, it was at first they were like, you're too far. They're like, you're, you're two hours away. This isn't going to work. And I understood those feelings. And I said, Hey, I'll come down and interview anyways. Let's just meet each other. And then if we both decide it's not a good fit or what you, you want something I can't provide, or I can't be there when you need me to fine, we'll do that. But it was a really good relationship in it. And I saw that from the start. And then I was like, let's try it. Let's just try it. So I'm going in my second season and I'm excited about it. Oh, that's really cool. And I'm actually curious too, like for the actual players, I mean, I'm in New England. So all I heard about, I think in like 2018 was Tom Brady's diet, the Patriots. Did you all hear about that? <laughs> Everyone who came in who was like a football fan of, you know, the Patriots, Tom Brady, when he was still playing for the Patriots was like, okay, so like nightshade vegetables. And I was like, you have never once cared what a nightshade vegetable was, <laughs> you know, random person. Um, so I'm just, I'm just curious, like, do you see kind of interesting quirks, diets, misinformation among football teams, just like I'm assuming, you know, we do in the world in general and in the endurance community, like what, like, what, do you, what does that look like? Does that happen? Cause I think it's super interesting to kind of look at a group of like all men, especially. Yes. 
Yeah, it does. It does happen. Absolutely. Just like anywhere else. And I mean, good news or bad news or misinformation spreads like wildfire. I mean, it's very, they do talk to each other. They see each other all the time. You know, they are, they are in close contact, close quarters. Everybody's watching with what they're eating and, and seeing what each other are doing. And um, absolutely, there's a lot of talk. And I think the most, the hardest thing for me is when there, there comes some Netflix or some documentary that comes out and, you know, it, it's not that it, it looks like to the average layperson that it included good science. It looks like it, it had all the pieces there that needed to be there. And, you know, now all of a sudden we need to do X because we saw it on this documentary and I watched it over the weekend. So I need to, you know, I'm these, these all seem completely legit. They quoted studies, Kim. They'll say to me, they, they had studies. And I say, yes, I know. Let's talk about it. Let's discuss this. And again, it's never about, you can't make, it's not about making somebody feel like, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. It's more like, I'm really excited that you want to discuss this with me. This is awesome. Let's talk about this. Okay. So the first one that they talked about was, you know, this study, it had five people in it. It had five people. All those people were not trained athletes, had absolutely no interest in this. You know what I mean? They're not doing anything close to what you're doing. So we talk a lot about what what is a population size that makes sense? Are are these people trained or untrained? Um, did they actually look at the variables? Was the, was the amount that they actually consumed the amount that you need to consume? Was it the same? Was it different? So helping them to um, dissect some of the science on a level in which they can understand. I mean, we're translators. Dietitians and, and nutrition people are translators of the mass media that, that draws, you know, mass media just wants to draw eyes, like draw eyes, draw ears. That's the goal. The goal of, of the dietitian is to, to interpret those things and to say what makes sense for you. And does this really make sense to become a vegan all of a sudden when you primarily eat meat that's the number one thing that you eat and is in your diet so what will you do when that when you know this other thing isn't available or you know does it really make sense you know and that's the hardest part is is does it really make sense based on you know their own individualized needs and all that stuff it would be you know they can you can be a, a vegetarian or vegan football player absolutely but you better be good. You better know all the stuff. You better know how you're going to get enough protein. You better have all the best sources of how to get those essential amino acids. You better know the timing. You better get your B12. You know, you have to really think about how those things are going to occur in, in real life, you know? So I think that's the, that's the biggest challenge is, yeah, like counteracting some of that talk when the, when the documentary comes out and what are we going to do about it? I know exactly what documentary you're talking about. That's just one of them, but yeah, it's, that definitely is one of them because they make it look so good. They mm -hmm. pull all the right things in. They pull all the the right you know messages, and then they have they have personal stories, and personal stories are what people can relate to, and they think if it works for them, it could work for me. It might, but it might mm -hmm. not, and it might end very badly. So we just have to be, um, uh, you know, so. In, paying attention to nutrition consequences. There are consequences to what we do. And I tell my, my college students that as well. They see the Instagram follower that has great abs and has taken this particular supplement. And if they just eat this and this supplement, they're gonna look exactly like this. And I've had students have to go into the hospital because they decided that they wanted to be a bodybuilder, be a, a fitness you know, sort of model or influencer. And then they ended up you know, going into living failure. Those things happen. They are real. Mm -hmm. and I really try to emphasize that, that we have to be so careful about where we get that information. 
Totally. Oh, I really appreciate that. And that's just, I, I, I love bringing this up because it's like, yes, the NFL team that you see on TV, they are not immune to these things. Like this is why they have a sports dietitian to translate, um, Mm -hmm. you know, the, all the, all of that information. So like, um, even with like the players who have, like you said, they have different roles, they have different body compositions and different body composition goals, you know, probably for what position they play. Like, do you ever see like, I think it's really interesting when we try to nutrition for body composition versus like performance, sometimes like they cross paths and sometimes they don't depending on the person. Do you, do you see that being like a tough line to connect with any particular like positions or just anything you see on the team? I I do. I do see that as as a tough, tough thing because, um, you know, people think to themselves, well, I need to, um, you know, the, the, the hardest part, here's what they say to me. This is what the coaching staff says to me. Oh, we need so-and-so to weigh 10 pounds more and we want them to be uh, 5% less body fat. And I say, wow, you really have like, this is like, (laughs) these two things do not necessarily work well in conjunction with each other. Um, So that's why the off season is extremely important about what we're going to do so we can get closer to some of those goals. And I find that the most difficult. And I had to call a few other NFL dietitians. Um, and it's nice. I, ha- I have a couple friends now that I can call and say, yeah. um, you know, what are you doing most of the time? I know what, what my normal thing is, is that I would say, okay, well, you want to lose body fat. We have to make sure that we keep protein high. We do a lot of lifting. Um, you know, we want to make sure slight calorie deficit, just very slight so that we can keep you performing well. Um, so we don't want to cut too much. We've got to still make sure the workouts are fueled, but just, you know, making sure that the, the timing of, of different things is appropriate and, you know, that, that kind of stuff. Well, they're saying they want them to gain weight and lose body fat. This, um, they're like, and are you mad? I always think to myself, do you think I'm magic? I'll just like, yeah, up this special <laughs> to gain weight. You essentially have to be in a, in a calorie surplus. Um, yeah. so what are we going to do here? Um, so you're like, and I would like world peace and a million dollars. Exactly. I will also add those to the list. And while I'm at it, I'll just whip those up for you. Um, it yeah. is difficult. It's really difficult and challenging. And I ask, you know, what them, what to do. And they're like, listen, it can't be an exact science. Um, why don't you do this? Keep them, you know, keep them lifting a lot make sure they're, they're still lifting throughout the process to retain as much muscle mass as possible. Um, and then, you know, how about just maintenance calories are trying to be approximately where they are now while adding additional protein. And we do that. And I, I have found some, some really interesting studies that have shown that if you are going to overeat, if you're going to overdo it, if you're going over on calories and you want to eat an extra 500 calories, do it in protein because event that that type of, of um, excess or you know um, if you're going to do some more provide satiety will help you can you know retain your muscle mass and we aren't finding that it's going to be stored as easily protein just doesn't really have a storage mechanism other than an amino acid pool that is in your body and and other than that we're essentially excreting the extra so you're not going to be gaining a quote unquote a bunch of extra weight from uh if your protein is going to be over and above you know not to say go crazy but just that you know it's within reasonable 2.0 2.2 grams per kilogram make sure you're at least hitting that you know and um you know that seems to 
you know, I kind of break that down into food. That's, that's the deal. Yeah. What, what, what does that mean at breakfast? How many grams at breakfast? Oh, that's 35 at breakfast, 40 at lunch, 40 at dinner. We need two snacks. We need at least two snacks of 20 grams, 25 grams each and, and try to show them what that looks like on like an actual day, you know, so that they can go for it. So that that's, it's challenging though. Those, those things, yeah, sometimes they're like this, but sometimes they're like this and you're like, I'm not sure what I'm going to do here. This is yeah. Interesting. And- and then they're like, and Kim, I also was thinking about becoming a vegan. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and I you're like, I, I just okay. super easy these days. You can just like do everything at once. No problem. Oh, I got this, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And to do something so different from what you're already, like you're already over here. Now you're trying to switch to way over here. Um, let's find the middle ground. I think a lot of it is like finding the middle ground, what works for you slowly. And then, and then seeing, you know, and some guys will just take stuff and run with it. They're like, Oh, you want me to eat like seven eggs for breakfast? Done and done. Um, and others are like, Oh, okay. That's going to be really hard to get, you know, that amount of protein or that amount What well, help. Can you help me find better ways to do it? So, um, you know, some are, some are super easy and see how it can work. And others are like, mm, I'm not sure. <laughs> do you ever have like when the body composition, like order when they're like, Kim, five percent less body fat also 10 pounds more muscle um you know by tomorrow thank you very much um (laughs) do you ever find that like what the body composition goal is doesn't always meet like the highest level of performance that person could achieve like what how do you kind of handle that on a team of players well and i'll tell you this is where um the the intersection between the dietitian and the strength and conditioning staff is so important um, we, you know, we have a, a good relationship. So I, you know, they, they've been collecting data on these players since, you know, they've been connect, collecting combine data, drafting data, uh, you know, data for our current guys. Um, some of them for, I mean, I, our, our head strength and conditioning coach has been there, you know, 25, 30. I mean, it's been a really long time that he's been doing this. So, and with our team for a very long time with our current head coach. So I, I guess, you know, it's that that talk about what makes sense. There's also some really interesting research right now on um, muscle to bone ratio. And this is something you might be interested in. We were talking a little bit about this at the combine. And it's basically looking at how much skeletal mass the player has saying, if we have a DEXA, we have some way to assess their skeletal mass. We know we're starting to get there with approximately how much in terms of each pound that can be handled on this particular player in this position specifically. So there's a ratio that is sort of an ideal ratio that will allow this player to maximize performance while not getting injured. Um, too oh, much cool. muscle, and not a good thing. And, you know, as you're, as you're weaving back and forth, as you're running, as you're, so per position, which what's required for each is going to kind of determine what that person has as that ratio that they can handle. So that may be something that we can um, look more towards the future and say, if we can find this information out per player, we know exactly what amount of muscle mass is appropriate. So that way the strength and conditioning isn't saying X, you know, we need you to do this. And then the dietitian is saying, "Ah, is this the right answer? Is this truly what Mm -hmm. this player needs? So when the more those two things work in conjunction, the better off everybody is. And, And where do we go for that? We go with the experience of what they have on their data sheet that they've been recording and then try to have those open conversations. And then here's the science and let's, here's where we're also finding it. So hopefully there's a good intersection there where we can say, we agree. We agree. This is what we want to go for. Because if you don't know the goal, if you don't have a common goal, I don't know what anybody's doing. And then the player has to actually buy in. <laughs> That's the last thing that actually has to happen for it to work. So, um, so everybody kind of has to be on the same page and sometimes that's challenging. So it's all about relationships. 
Oh, that's super interesting. That definitely helps to just make it a little bit more specific. So if they're like, we really need you to do this, you're like, I understand. But also we have found that this would be optimal. And then the player's like, oh, yes, I feel best when I am this. Like that's, yes. that's yeah, And they helpful. do say that. They say mm-hmm. all the time, I, they know, I feel best at this. Probably yeah. weight and body composition. They know what it is. Um, so it's, it's, you know, yeah, they know their bodies really well. So we have to, you know, yeah, include those thoughts because it's, it's, you know, it's the combination. They're not going to do it if they don't buy in. Yeah. Oh, super interesting. Oh my gosh. I could talk to you for like five more hours. Um, (laughs) I know same. I really, I do like talking to you. It's so fun. (laughs) Um, but yeah, I mean, in terms of like, where, where can people kind of find you, the work you do and like the societies for like RDs that you were talking about, is there any resource you could provide? Um, yes, absolutely. Um, so you can find me on Instagram at, at fuel your passion. Um, so at fuel your passion is my business name, uh, for my website, it's www.fuelyourpassion, like F U E L Y O U R P A S S I O N.net. It's a .net, not a .com. Um, but I do have a contact sheet there. So if somebody's like interested in, you know, reaching out, um, sending a, a, you know, a message through that comes right to my email. And, um, in terms of the, uh, the organizations, um, I'm not exactly sure of their exact website. It may be cpsda. I think it might be a .org. I'm not positive about that. But um, if they look up a Collegiate Professional Sports Dietitian Association, so that one's um, does have some free resources as well. Um, some some sheets you can download uh, that are free that they've worked on, you know, collectively on hydration and some other things. Um, There's student membership to that organization. So it's not as expensive if you're a student and you're like, I really want to get into this. They have a fabulous job board. I don't know if you've ever seen that one, but they do. They have a great job board. Um, Also, uh, it used to be called SCAN and now I think we're called SHEPIN. It's like a, um, it's a a subgroup of the um, academy of nutrition and dietetics and um and it's like the the sports dietitian you know sort of um subgroup as well so a dpg a dietetic practice group so that's a really good one too to join if you're interested in sports dietetics are i'm sure you're are you part of probably that one yeah yeah, yeah. i am yeah so that one's a good one and um and yeah, and then the, the, there we do have a new website too for pfrds so that's for the professional registered dietitian um, football. And you can just, again, type that one in and it will, it will come right up. So that subset of, of the CPSDA. Oh, cool. Those are great resources. Yeah. Go, go check those out, whether you're a dietitian or not. <laughs> yeah, um, absolutely. Good free, free stuff on there, which is good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm excited to ask you the end of the podcast question that I did not warn you about. So okay, um, hopefully this, hopefully this will be fun, but okay. So you're finishing like best race of your life, red letter day, like unicorn kind of day, what song would be playing at the finish line to embody how you're feeling in that moment? If you had to pick. Oh, that is such a good question. You're awesome. Um, I actually do have an answer to this. It reminds me of a, of a race I did in Melbourne, Australia. It was 2015 and I was by far the underdog. It was, a a, um, a like South Pacific Asian type championship. Um, and it was, I was like, no, not one well known at all. And I ended up running down a bunch of people. I ran a 301 marathon. It was like something I didn't even realize was possible at the time. And um, I ended up being about 910 for the day. And it was placed third among just really a great field. And if I was finishing that, um, it would be This Girl is on Fire by Alicia Keys. And I say that because I have two girls, Emma 
um, is six and Lainey is three and they ask me to play it all the time. They are like, mom, can you play that girl on fire song? And I, and I mean, what I want it to be is like the anthem for, you know, just female empowerment. We can do this, you know, whatever it is you want to do, you can do it. And I, I want them to see all those things. So out of all the things I do, I, even though sometimes they're like, oh, mom, do you have to go to be away again? Are you going to speak again at this thing? And you have to be away. I say, listen, someday you're going to understand that this is, you know, you're just as, you're as important, if not more important than all these things I do. But it is, um, you know, I have some goals too. And, you know, I want to keep working on those and I want you to do the same. So I want them to see those kind of things, which I think is, is you know, what it's all about. So. Wow. Great answer. You're such a rock star. Thank you so much for so coming nice. on the show. Thank I really you appreciate your time. Me. You too. I think the same. So I can't wait till we see each other again in person and at a conference or somewhere. And, um, or maybe I can attend your speaking event. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, be great. You're a busy lady, so I'll let you go, but I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much, Holly. It's been a pleasure, and um, and thanks for having me on. This was awesome. Dr. Kim Schwabenbauer, thank you so much for coming on the show. That was so much fun. I love talking with you about all the things, and I definitely could do like eight more episodes because you are such a wealth of knowledge. Um, if you guys are looking to support the podcast, I would really appreciate a five-star rating and review on your podcast podcast player of choice. If you think I am worthy of that, just helps the show get out there to more people, more, you know, free information out there for the masses. Um, and of course it helps support, um, my just hopes and dreams for this podcast as well. It helps get cool sponsors for the show so that I can keep providing you guys with this free information on this platform that hopefully is accompanying you for drives, house chores, or maybe even some of your training. Thank you guys so much and happy running, happy football season, and I'll see you in the next episode.